didn't see you there. Something big is going on here. From hunting ghosts to Bigfoot, paranormal, UFOs, true crime, and more. We won't just be spouting articles. I was researching for your entertainment. Beginning of a new world. <laughs> the best guac you'll ever fucking eat. True story. It's basically like one day you walk outside and you see that the ants are playing with matches. This, this is the Blackout Black Report. See you on the other side. Young Bigfoot sighting January 5th, 2023, in Buffalo, New York. Appeared to be a young male crossing the road between the woods. We were in our car about 50 feet away. The creature just sauntered across the road in no hurry, but it had the most warm and non-threatening demeanor. My wife and I will never forget him. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 29 of the Black Cat Report. My name is Gil, and join with me this evening is the beautiful, the incredible, the incredulous Joey. <laughs> Along with Betsabe. Hi. <laughs> and Selena. Hello. Tonight, we are absolutely delighted to welcome back to the show the one and only Scott Tompkins, Founder of the Bigfoot Mapping Project. Hi, everyone. Happy to be here. <laughs> Scott. <Woo-hoo>. Hi, Scott. <laughs> Scott, how the hell are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. Happy to be back. I think I said it earlier before before we started the show, but thank you for having me back. If uh, you guys, some of you weren't in the room, so I want to say it again. Thank you very much. And uh, also, congratulations. You guys are really growing and kicking ass, so... Love to see it. Love to see it. Thank Thank you you. so much, my man. And congratulations on getting married, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yes, I am quite lucky because, uh, by all accounts, I cannot be easy to be married to. So um, I'm (laughs) quite lucky and quite grateful to have my wife in my life. Yes, very lucky. Well, I hope she listens to this episode. I'm going to go out there on a limb. (laughs) Say it's mutual. So I'm going to say it's mutual. <laughs> now, before we get too far in, I wanted to share with our listeners what they will find when they check out the Bigfoot Mapping Project, which, if you all go back to episode eight, last time we had Scott on, you'll learn all about. We don't, we don't want to rehash what, what the project's doing, what you can find on your iPhone or on your Android or somehow if possible you have a blackberry one of those devices we don't want to go out there and we don't want to dig that up but but what we do want to do is dig into like what's going on now with bigfoot this news keeps going even when we don't think about it and that's what's important to keep in mind here is that like the news is still coming in things are still taking evidence is coming in there's there's claims there's misidentifications there's identifications there's stories all of this is still flooding in. Bigfoot hasn't gone away. The only thing that's not blurry here is is honestly the accounts. They're still rolling in here. And we want you all to know that that's what's going on. So, honestly, Scott, uh, you sent us over some audio. Which one would you, would you like us to play first? Um, let's see. I think we should save... I don't want to say my favorite, but one of the most, the <laughs> higher quality recordings. I think if we started with the one in the UK, uh, now I'm going to butcher UK? this name, Leckrid. Um, Leckrid. Is one of the first audio files that was submitted to the Bigfoot Mapping Project. And it's very interesting because it's in the UK. 
And I think okay. we'll all hear perhaps some similarities through the, the audio files that I've sent through um, what the vocaliz vocalizations sound like. It's really interesting to hear them. Uh, there's three that I sent. Uh, the first one's in Lecrid, second one's in Virginia, and then the third one's in Mississippi. And I think there's some similarities between all three. And that, um, before we play, I think that's one of the cool things that we're the more reports we get, that's one of the coolest things we're going to be able to do with the project is start to tie data together like this and start to do analysis and from building, for example, audio files, right? This is, I think this is a great place to start. So I'm ready whenever you are. You might have to crank that volume. The This one is very faint in the background and it's hard to hear, but um, there's a dog barking and then there's uh, another sound, I believe, in this one or the second one. I th this one's still very low. I had to uh, really listen hard to, to hear it. I want to go down and see it. Okay, cool. So... Um, this, this recording in Leckrid is actually in a park in, in the UK, and it's two teenagers exploring, and you can hear in the distance something. If I do the sound, it'll, it won't do it justice. You need to listen. So <laughs> <laughs> I heard it earlier. You did? Okay, good. Um, yeah, no, it's please. really eerie. I don't know what I would have done. It's kind of prehistoric, isn't it? It's Yeah. Like, it's reminiscent. And then... And then doesn't one of the kids say, I want to go look yeah, at it. Yeah, he does. This is like the, it opens up with, I want to go, ch I want to go see it or something like that. He says, yeah, it. I want to go down and look at yeah. it. And I was like, no. <laughs> teenage me, I know for a fact, teenage me would have run in the other direction because when something shook a tree, I think I mentioned this on the last episode I was on, I bolted down the mountain. So those kids are much braver than I was. That's, uh. but yeah, so that's one of the recordings and, um, it's a very short clip. I think it's like 14 seconds. You can only hear a few of the vocalizations, but that recording, when you uh, when you do when we are able to hear it, is um, very similar. If we fly over to uh, Virginia, and it's in yes. the north part <laughs> of Virginia, you want me to play it? It's in. Uh, I'm sorry, West Virginia. What? Do you know where West, it is? West Augusta. Where? Virginia. West, yes. West Virginia. Oh, West Virginia. I do I do want to take a moment to highlight. All right. So the last episode, we got into a lot of the, what's another phrase for this? I don't know. The semantics mm -hmm. behind like the app, behind the podcast, behind the data. Like, um, obviously, Scott, you immediately had my heart when you started talking data. Literally, my cat's name is data. Okay. So, like, I love <laughs> data. Okay. Um but but what we're really trying to like bring here is just like yo like this is a resource this is a tool this is um honestly beyond all of that it's an experience okay if you're into bigfoot right if you're into sasquatch like go download it go check it out go to the website it's free mm -hmm. like uh, if i remember correctly scott the only reason why you had any paid paywall anything which is like a dollar something for a lifetime yeah. right is is just to prevent trolls because trolls are cheap um and, and like and that was the only reason why you want like you you put up anything it's like two bucks for like hey you're in for life 
congratulations yeah like it, mob style <laughs> you're good it was well that and it's a nice way to pay um the, the app sales help support the yes. website pay the software licenses uh and really that's it it's that's the motivation behind uh the the pay for the app is just to be able to keep it up there frankly um, yeah it does cost probably you guys know you're all techie you know <laughs> you know what it costs just to probably <laughs> buy the software or have this software to make the podcast cost x yeah. amount per month or whatever the yeah. license is so that's all it's for um and it is the uh, a nice benefit is that trolls are cheap and they uh <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to pay two dollars to put i have had a few trolls that i've have um that i've had to track you know and get rid of their their submissions but it's very few so um, yeah they're always standing under bridges asking for money so obviously <laughs> trolls are not they're cheap they are or they're stuck back in the 90s you know trolls dolls but um <laughs> that's how old i am oh gosh don't even get me started on that hair <laughs> hey my sister collected troll dolls really right. i remember yeah i'm i'm almost i'm almost 30 okay okay so <laughs> i don't feel so bad anymore then okay good yeah <laughs> um, but but yeah the 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 app itself what what i love about it is it's not just like here's a sighting here's a sighting it's like here's a vocalization here's photos like here's a collection of evidence from all around the country from different decades from different times and da 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 and you can like zoom in to your geolocation and actually start finding stuff in your neighborhood we i, I actually and i also it's insane go ahead selena sorry I was just going to say, like, I like that people can submit, like, really old stories, too. Like, I was looking at, like, yeah. some people have stories from, like, 1978, and it's just crazy. Yeah. Like, they're so, it's so interesting. Like, this has been happening for so long. It's really interesting. That's an, uh, you touched on an interesting phenomenon that I think is pretty, um, pretty unique to the way that people can report sightings in the Bigfoot Mapping Project is you don't have to have an investigator come out and you know this is just as much a trial of the public and crowdsourcing and my analysis obviously i read every sighting and uh, every report and and delete just the inappropriate ones really <laughs> but uh, you can you can if you're uncomfortable with having somebody come out and visit and take the report like bfro does for example this is a nice alternative yeah. just to get your story out there this might be the only outlet that people have for some of their reports and this is going to be in perpetuity now right so um, it's not paraphrased. This is directly from the person who, in their own words, how they describe their sighting. And there's plenty of work, plenty of uh, space for them to put their sighting in and plenty of space for people. To, tons of stories. I don't think you could run out of stories to read here. Um, no. There's something like 8,000 sightings now total in the database between the historical database and, and what's been submitted. And since last time I talked to you guys, I think we're at... Um, just over around 330 sightings that have been submitted directly to the project since we started. Yeah. So yeah, that's a, it's a surprising number. It's um, really cool. It's fun, fun to start seeing the, uh, I don't want to quite say the maturation of a project, but it's, it's the fruits of your labor. Exactly. It's coming into something yeah. that can now, uh, I, I love that we're looking at audio. This is a great example. Now we can collect and have a library of, for example, audio files, right? And tie them to a location, a time, a date. That's the beauty of a map. And now we're making it interactive. You can listen, you can 
get there in 3D if you want and sit and look around yeah. while you're listening to to the sound and kind of put yourself there. Um, like you said, it's an experience and you don't really even have to leave your office or your your phone if you don't want to. So um, yeah. it's a it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I, at least I think it is. So I'm a little biased. <laughs> <laughs> no it Ooh. is like i spent hours just looking at stuff today like on the website like just looking at the map and like looking at all the pictures and like it's crazy some of the pictures that these people submit i'm like oh my god did you look at the and then like people are so like i measured the the steps in between or the spaces in between the steps yeah. it was approximately 59 inches I'm i know which one this, you're talking about like height <laughs> yeah like i'm this height and i tried to recreate it and i was i fell short every time and i was like oh my god that's so cool were there pictures in the snow the one you're talking about is that the Yo. yes i think the, so yeah, <laughs> yeah i know exactly that was one of the fairly recent ones too one of the blue ones right uh, mm -hmm. it was up in uh where was that that was up in pennsylvania um near Reddy. i think so yeah i've actually been through there um it's a very very skookle skookle that's how you say that area there um that's funny yeah it's spelled s-c-h-u-l-y uh u-y-l-k-i-l-l skookle uh, a little bit of local pronunciation mm, the english language yeah exactly <laughs> one no of those words baby but uh, <laughs> this one was actually really interesting. I, maybe we can cover that next after the Virginia audio. Um, yeah. What the hell did we just hear? Because that it, that sounded like a bear on like a whirly gig. Like I don't I don't even know what it's called, but just like just yeah. <laughs> like if I heard that in the woods, I would just say nothing would be in my bowels. <laughs> like that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> like everything gone. Holy crap! If I heard that in the middle of the night, I'd be scared. Yeah, and that that was at night, if I remember correctly from from the report. Um, I'm curious uh, before I give my thoughts on what it's similar to. I'm, I'm like Gil, it, you, a bear on a whirly gig. Uh, maybe that could be the name of the episode. That's a great. Uh... <laughs> I feel that too. You know, yeah, I kind of like that the sound I hear. Yeah, I'm feeling that like a Doppler or like the imperial. Gig. Yeah. Or like okay, the Star so Wars marching Chewbacca. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like I'm not Chewbacca. Uh, <laughs> Chewbacca on the power tower. 
like I either way I just and like the, 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 this is not a knock at all to the recording or the process of the recording or the people that did the recording it's just hearing it out of context just to me breeds questions of like what the hell did I just mm-hmm. hear? Like yeah. it's it's like it's so disconnected from from the the auditory expectations that I would have in day to day life that I'm just like, wh- where was that? How was that? What was that? Like I have so many questions here. Everything starts with a noun. What's going on? Yeah, like here? what what animal makes that noise? You're going through your mental catalog of uh, what yeah, what is yes. what makes this? Have I heard this? And like for me, it's like all right, is this sounds like a cow i've heard cows make similar noises but then not not as not quite like that right mountain lions it's a stretch. I've, they make similar sounds yeah. to that similar yeah but exactly it's like yeah, but not quite not really and so mountain lions sound like a little girl screaming it's like if a mountain lion stubbed its toe <laughs> It reminds Ooh. me of that. Scene. It reminds me of that scene in the movie Annihilation. Yeah, that's right. When that's the what bear, I was thinking. Yeah. When the bear that gets like morphed mm-hmm. into the people and like can use their voice box, that's what it sounds like to me. Well, that's, that's like one of the creepiest scenes mm-hmm. ever. That's interesting that you. Studied. I've never seen that movie, but I need to see it just based Rate on the what book you said. First, though. It's really good. It's really scary too. It's interesting that you say that it could use its voice box. I mean that's what jumps to mind for you first is that it's something using human, you know, speech or vocals. And, uh, yeah. I mean, it does it seem back. like, it does seem like Bigfoot's just going on a whirly gig. Like, Woo! <laughs> maybe he was, maybe he was. It kind of, and then like, he's just the Bigfoot's big kilometers, just having this great time <laughs> and loving life. Hey, I'm jealous if that's what he's doing. It sounds like fun. <laughs> If the if this is your first uh, time listening to the show, welcome. Second off, I just want to say the way that at least for myself that I deal with intense anxiety, stress, fear, things of this nature is with humor. Because hey, congratulations, didn't have a healthy childhood. <laughs> so like the first <laughs> the first step that I take with overwhelming senses of like fear or or disturbance is like humor. You know, um, this is not at all a knock on the recording or the experience because, dear God, I wouldn't be able to laugh if I was there actually recording no, this. No, it would have been the serious no. thing, the I, most serious thing in the world to me. I think maybe to put it in context, um, reading some highlights from the report might actually be good for the listeners. Yeah. So they yeah. know uh, do. what was going on. So um, the report starts with uh, describe your encounter, and it says, My friend and I were sitting in the parking lot of Mountain View General Store in West Augusta, Virginia, on the border of Highland County, one night just talk, uh, just talking in the car. Our conversation was interrupted by a shockingly loud, echoing noise booming up the valley. And that's one thing, um, this, is not, this is my comment, not in the report, but uh, they, so they were probably recording on like their cell phone. So the acoustics of things coming up mm-hmm. the valley, it's, and they're in a car. Exactly. The what was really record recorded probably sounds much different than what they were experiencing, right? And the yeah. the the low frequencies that penetrate uh, further, and like they were saying, they seem booming. You know, it's something to keep in mind. So they probably felt that uh, that vocalization just as much as they were hearing it, because the low frequency tra- travels much much further than um, than the high frequency does. Um, 
So the store is located in tens of thousands of acres of national forest and borders the least populated county in West in Virginia. The sound was so loud that it interrupted the conversation we were having inside of the truck. So, I mean, just think about that. If you could, if something's going to interrupt you inside your closed vehicle while you're talking, uh, it's definitely, definitely quite loud. So, um, I think hopefully that puts the users into the experience a bit of, uh, trying to imagine what the environment was like while those, the people that were the witnesses were, um, were, were hearing that noise. I think it's, that's the valuable thing about having a, a report to accompany the file so you can, you know, the context, um, that's very, it's really important. So that like that literally to me is the same as like us while we're sitting here, we're doing our best to have our quiet atmosphere mm-hmm. right around us. And then we hear like coming in, like that's shocking. Like, that's horrifying. Like, you're literally sitting here. You're trying to have a calm, you know, peaceful discussion. Frankly, I mean, to these folks, they have to really have it in their mind. We're in the middle of nowhere in a parking lot, probably at night. You know, there ain't a single person in the world that's going to interrupt us. And then we hear, like, that's horrifying, dude. (laughs) Like, that is it's raising the hairs on my skin like that that's so creepy everyone's everyone's had that feeling when you're even just walking like they were in a parking lot you're walking if you're the only one walking in 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 the dark to your car in the parking lot and anything's out i get it everyone knows this mean but it's like if i'm shutting the lights off and i'm at the bottom of the stairs i'm gonna bolt and i'm in my own house (laughs) right Mm -hmm. i'm gonna run to the top because there's something behind me i just know it so imagine yeah. that feeling. Yeah, but I'm in my own house. Time. I know what's behind <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> it's like, But like, imagine that feeling just and knowing there's something out there that you can't identify yeah. because you're hearing it. So um, for them, this must stand, stand out to them as one of probably a terrifying experience that they they remember. Yeah. And um, it's, it's things like that that hopefully we can solve um, through gathering yeah. data, right? So it's, um, yeah. it's it, I guess with that, oh, go ahead, Gil. Sorry, I see see your <laughs> bursting at the seams with a question. I'm 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 always I'm always biting at the bit. Um so uh I will say too. Um I will say too. Um you work in data. You know. Data is not the end all be all of solutions, of answers, of everything. It's always a percentage towards a conclusion. I'm going out on a limb here, but I'm assuming you you feel the same pangs in your life that I do when oh, I'm, absolutely. when I'm in marketing. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and I want to say that honestly, all right. So th- this is a stretch here, but, but it makes sense in my head. So I hope, I hope I've done a uh, good enough job narrating it in other cases um, with, uh, with abductions, right? With alien abductions. Okay. Um, it's not so much the recounting of the stories. It's not so much the familiarity. It's the fact that there's a basis that's being built. There's a standard that's being built. There's, for some folks, they feel comfort in data. But as you know, Scott, working in data, 60, 70% of folks are like, 
my eyes just glazed over what did you just say <laughs> when we start talking data <laughs> in our day jobs right like they're just like i what like you know like it's hard but but for a percentage of folks it means the goddamn world because they're like i can point to this this means something i'm not crazy it wasn't a bear it wasn't this it was da 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 da, da. i was on the same road that i told you about 6 years ago when this happened da da da, da, da. like it it means it means people's lives, man. Like, honestly, like, what what these reports mean is, like, when folks are wrapped up in experiencing something that's, uh, I don't know if this is a phrase, non-experiential, right? In the sense of, like, a non-familiarity to folks. Like, it, it's not an experience that people expect to uh, anybody to have ever experienced it's not experiential i'm making some shit up on the fly here i like it. um <laughs> let's but, go with it but when but when somebody experiences that to me from reading through all these reports from different episodes of the show doesn't matter if it's bigfoot doesn't matter if it's aliens doesn't matter if it's ghosts or you know, what have you any cryptid insert the name it's having some relation of reality that they can just reach out and put their nails into the soil and grab onto it as they're falling backwards. That's the most important thing. And and that's what I really see in your project. Is like it's just like, hey, I'm delivering this to you non-bias. I'm just delivering these stories to you. Anybody can hop in and say it. But when you're sitting there and you're feeling insane, right? When you're feeling crazy, when you're questioning your own reality, your own life, your own everything, you can go back and you can be like, Here's six other people that drove down that same country highway that explained the same thing. It had red hair. It was standing at this height. It was da-da-da-da-da. It was this. It was that. The same footprints that I sent you, that I texted you that morning, boom, go look at that. I have nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. And like that's the honesty behind it, which I which I love about your project. I'm sorry, I'm just I'm just like grandstanding your project right now, but that but that's what I, I feel behind I'm it. Is that it's you. an honesty. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's but it's that beauty behind it where it's just like take it and run with it there's an anonymity to it and yeah that's, that's I, why we love you scott that's all i'm saying well where do i go from there uh run I, with it my man run with it. i mean for real this was a have a good night y'all yeah. <laughs> Bye. but yeah i i i think um if i can tag on to what you're saying um that's one of the reasons, like, when you think about having worked and having a career in um, analyzing data, managing data, and um, not to throw that word around too much, but uh, there is an element to uh, some organizations and some sources where they're very protective of their data set and they don't publish it, you have to subscribe, you have to have credentials, you have to be in, uh, you have to be part of the community, you have to be accepted, etc., or you have to even pay sometimes, right, to get, to get the data you're after. And that is not how, in my opinion, that, that is not a, the best way to get answers and get information from from people who might otherwise uh, be skeptical or scared to share their reports. In my experience, having worked with a lot of people in a different part of my career, uh, out 
out in doing uh, seismic exploration, one of the easiest ways to get information from people in a genuine way is to actually listen and give them the platform, right? If you, if you notice, um, this is, I'm not sh uh, shoving my opinion down your throat when you get into the app, for example. This is the user's platform. I'm just asking for a submission if they've had an experience and then you're free to go explore. Uh, and that's it. Like, there's no requirements. It's free. Get out there, explore, um, learn, come to your own conclusions, come to your own truth. Uh, but what I'm trying to do is with that, I do share what I interpret and I ask questions through Instagram by making maps and things like that. But I am by no means trying to influence through the actual platform what people are taking away. This is as unbiased as it gets and I'm trying to make it as digestible as possible for people who might not be familiar with maps or how to filter through data or how to get at you know a, a trend um, so I'm just doing my best to be a good translator from report to to reader basically so that's that's what this is trying to accomplish and I, I think uh, you hit the nail on the head Gil when you started saying that before and um, I just wanted to tag on to that because it is, it, you're right. Um, this is something that should be viewed more as a resource and um, I hope that's what it becomes. So I think we're getting there. I think we really are. And um, I think uh, the sheer number of reports that you're seeing light up on the map in the last few weeks is actually a lot of fun for me because it's kind of growing. I don't want to say exponentially, but there's a, there's a growth to the number of submissions I'm getting and it's on an upward trend. So we're getting some traction. We're getting recordings and pictures, like you were saying, where people are now like, Oh, I like, I get emails. I, I found your website and I've been looking, I've been trying to get this sighting to somebody forever. And finally I was able to put it in and put it in the map. Like it's, you know, the saying goes, it's on the map. And, um, that's, that's what this is all about because the, the big data principle is the more data we get, the crap's going to fall out, right? The, the stuff that's on either end of the bell curve is just going to, it's going to be identifiable. We're going to get rid of it, but we're going to get to the meat of things and we're going to be able to identify regions, behaviors, calls, hopefully tracks, all of these things. Uh, where's the, where's the highest concentration of tracks in the U S we can find that, you know, um, Where's the highest concentration of vocalizations? When do they occur? Those types of things now are easily reportable almost instantly out of this database. So um, it's a lot of fun mm -hmm. if you're a nerd, <laughs> I guess. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I'm, and I'm not saying I am definitely a nerd. So, um, but Mississippi, if I can jump back talking about vocalizations and, and, and actually building a library of files um, and a repository, Mississippi uh, in Rankin County, I think, takes the cake for, it's a very recent sighting, it just happened, January 6th, or I shouldn't say sighting, I should say um, encounter or report, because it is just vocalizations, but it's very recent, it's got a ton of, um, I'll, I'll talk about the recording first, um, it's very long, it's eight minutes long, and it's got 11 clear interesting um very identifiable vocalizations 
And uh, one of the things I did in this recording is I found a very cool tool uh, called a spectrogram, which produces a spectrograph, which measures the, um, the, the kilohertz of the sounds in the entire recording. And Joey, you can probably explain this better because you're the audio professional. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> don't mean to put you on the spot, but uh, this, this, um, this vocalization is at 0.7 kilohertz, which is, I believe, uh, 0.7 kilohertz is 7,000 megahertz. Is that right? Um, kilo is a thousand. Yeah, so I think it's seven. Yeah, something like that. Maybe. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, math nerds. <laughs> I'm a math nerd, not a math nerd. So I know. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I think I want to. Um, there's a four. This this uh, this witness that submitted this also gave us some best found at and timestamps in the recording. So four maybe 148 to 218 is actually the a great little slot um, range to play. Um, yep, 148 to 218. And these, I think, when you hear them, just I'm going to watch your faces. <laughs> Okay, I just, I just like want to say, I can, like a T -Rex. Okay, I thought it sounded I like hear... a small town in Mexico, and it's the guy that walks around with <laughs> selling the camotes. Yes! <laughs> That's what it sounded like. I was like, oh, is this in Mexico? <laughs> <laughs> Smack no, dab I... in the center of Mississippi. Yep. Wow. <laughs> I can hear. <laughs> I can hear the microphone on on the the cell phone. Mm -hmm. Um, trying to distinguish between sounds closest to it and sounds farther away. Like that's what I'm hearing. Hearing there is like there's some really crisp um, birds. There's some dogs slightly farther away. I'm assuming hump like hunting dogs that are a little bit farther away. But then what uh, kind of dogs? Uh, <laughs> humping hunt, dogs hunt, that are slightly hunting. farther away. Um, but um, but then there's this sound that's just like echoing through. I'm assuming the bayou if it's in Mississippi. Um, like it's just echoing through the woods 
Yeah, it's actually right Jesus next, Christ. It's right next to like, a reservoir. So it's a fairly sparse uh, okay. area. Yeah. It's interesting. It's you in said what what time does it start? Oh, uh the one you just played was one forty eight to maybe okay. two eighteen, and then the next best one is at four oh two. And it kind of stops after that. It just goes for okay. a few minutes without having any vocalizations. Which I want to say appreciate to anybody out here tracking, doing anything with cryptids, where it's just like you actually record a few minutes before and a few minutes after. That is the biggest issue. If you're recording a UFO, for the love of God, just record like two minutes after the UFO disappears. Just please, for the love of God, just record <laughs> afterwards because we have so many clips where it's like, this is two seconds. It's like, whoop. And you're oh, just like, going, what yeah. just I happened? Hate that. What did I, I just hate see? That. <laughs> just like, I don't even know where I'm at. Like, uh, show me a streetlight, something, anything. Like, yeah. let me identify this. And why is this. the quality like, in this always world, so in this day bad? And age, I'm like, it's 2023 and the quality still looks like it's from the 90s. Why? Right? Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not going to knock that because it's if anybody has gone out and tried to take a photo of the moon, you mm -hmm. know what it looks like on your phone. <laughs> it always looks like shit. I don't care what type of phone you have. It looks like shit if you're trying to take no, a photo. No, no, no. I've seen so really good photos that. that are shot with uh, the iPhone and it looks amazing. It's like I'm just going to stop shooting wedding probably, on probably have like additional lenses. Yeah, but that's what I'm yeah. saying. Oh, yeah. Why why are all these videos of Bigfoot and UFOs and stuff. The quality is always bad. Well, like, there's lenses you can, like, clip to your phone and stuff to, like, magnify yeah. stuff and whatever. But, like, if you're, like, there and you're, like, whoa, a UFO, you're not going to be, like, let me run inside and get my magnifying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, Betsabe would want me yes, to. <laughs> I demand it. Remember? I, <laughs> I, I, no, Betsabe, sorry, Joey, I'm sticking with this. <laughs> Joey Betsabe, our uh, two close friends, and I all saw UFO on New Year's Eve. Not a single one of us took a photo, and I will stand by that till the end of time. Four photographers, four professional photographers and videographers, not one pulled out their phone to take a photo of this shit. So I don't want to hear anything about like, oh, well, you should just light it up, or it's an Android, or it's an iPhone. No. No, it's not. <laughs> When this shit happens, you're in shock. I, I stick with it. Oh, that. yeah. That's all. Fine. That's all. Yes. Shock or confusion or even, like, recently, I just, I mean, this is a mundane encounter, right? I had a, I was walking out at, like, lunchtime uh, from my, uh, where I'd been sitting hunting, and all of a sudden, a coyote pops his face right up out of the grass, Whoa. I don't know, yeah. 10 feet from me, and we both did the, what are you doing here? <laughs> like... <laughs> you know, and by the time I could even think of what I need was gonna do, like get my rifle off my shoulder, he's gone. You know, so like, and that's just I'm looking for that wildlife, right? So imagine if you're seeing yeah. something you don't know what it is, and you're confused, and you're the buffering yeah. between your brain <laughs> yes. and your your actions yeah. just you know it's it's just still spinning by the time everything's done. True. So. Sure. And it's a foot and a half taller than you, a right. foot and a half wider <laughs> than you. Right. <laughs> you're just like. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. i would shut down yeah very easy to do all right this uh this right, so this recording though is interesting i i wanted to touch on one thing if if i may 
Um, mm-hmm. yes. This submission, I posted it and the analysis on Instagram and YouTube. And um, it's really interesting that this has sparked kind of a community. The, the original poster, the person who submitted this, um, commented on the Instagram post and nice. people came out of the woodwork to like offer their help and go hike and search. And they're, they're actually the, of course you get some comments that are not, you know, very constructive, Meh. but there, I really, I'm pleased to see that overall people are very, um, kind and supportive and it's, um, I wish they would put their, their sightings that they shared in the comments into the project too. But it sparked some other people to share their experiences, and um, that's what a big part of the project is about: is also spreading awareness and yeah. getting more people in. So it's really interesting. This is a very recent um, report, and it's it's just fresh on my mind that I, I'm seeing this unfold practically while we're on the podcast. Right? It's still um, the conversations are still going back and forth, so it's really interesting. So. So I'm at 411. Is that good? I think they said 402. 402 is okay. what she said. I'm gonna... It's like Bigfoot's doing his PR at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> Just... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then slaves it down, right? But yep, I don't know what to think. But uh, this is a, this is the kind of conversation I'm glad to have with you guys because you definitely share perspectives that I <laughs> I definitely wouldn't think about. So yeah, that's uh, it's interesting. They sound they all sound all the sounds of them they very sound they mm-hmm. sound prehistoric. You know that it all does sound like something we haven't heard before, but. You know, prehistoric, I guess, is something that we have in our imagination because we look at Jurassic Park and how they made those sounds was, I think, was what, how did they, I forgot how they made those sounds, but it was like a, was it a cow or something? I think that it, they, they merged like they a might... lion, a tiger, a cat, like a bunch of different noises yeah. together, yeah, to make that. To make that like big bellowing sound. Mm-hmm. And so... Because we could never know what it sounded wow, like. Wow, that is so right? true. I never but, thought about that. Like, yeah, no one really knows how it sounded. <sighs> yeah, uh, that's true. It could have. I want. Yeah, we'll never know. But I mean, Jeff Goldblum is a notorious time traveler. True. But I mean, we, we can. Yes, we all know. <clears throat> but th- it does sound very what we would consider prehistoric, I guess, to me. You know, it's I can't quite put my finger on what the, the similarities between all three recordings what are one of the things that really grabbed my attention. They're all the, the UK and this particular one, the, the UK and the Mississippi one are very similar, I think, even though you don't hear mm-hmm. a ton um, of vocalizations from the UK recording. But I think they're very similar. And then the uh, the Virginia one is very interesting because it's just just a little different and it's more frequent in between vocalizations so i just wonder about it makes me think like what are the behaviors why are they one in the uk it was during the daytime these two were at night in the u.s like what are these behaviors what what if it's a bigfoot what are these vocalizations signaling is it a warning is it a, a, a mating is it what are these you know what are these calls um it's very interesting and 
uh, I just don't have enough samples yet to really pin down my my thoughts. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna push back a little bit in in the most loving way possible. Um, could you play us a recording from a troll? I, I actually would you be. I don't have would you, any. Would you be able to to throw up any? Uh, what would be the best fake that oh, you've you come across? General. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I would like to hear because, like, I feel like I feel like you hear a lot of these. Obviously, you hear every report. There's eight thousand reports plus growing, and it, it's an awesome database. But I feel like there's some subtleties that I myself, and I'm assuming if I myself can't like pick up on some of it some of our listeners might not also be able to pick up on like there's probably some strong subtleties here yeah uh there probably are and if i'm just thinking out loud about like the best i wouldn't even say a troll but we could definitely go find uh recordings of bigfoot researchers doing their own howls right and their own vocalizations calls I mean, there's tons of recordings on the internet, so we can go verifiably watch a human make these sounds. You know, <laughs> like I, I, I wanna, I wanna hear that, and like it's, it's not to like push back against you, but to like no, literally, like, like I'm hearing subtleties in your tone, and I'm like, I want to know what that means. Like that's my, that's my feeling is like I'm hearing this, I'm hearing this, like I'm hearing these like a bellowing like Bigfoot sounds, and I'm like. What do the fakes sound like? I, what do you hear where you're like, delete, <laughs> and you just move on to the next one? Like, what does that moment feel like? Luck- luckily, I haven't had any. Uh, I hope you're not encouraging them, but uh, I I haven't had any trolls. <laughs> Everybody, <submit>. so <laughs> you're going to hit up Scott at the... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I haven't no. had any trolls submit what, uh, what sounds like a fake audio recording or like just something that's uh, garbage. <laughs> These are the only three yeah. um, in the in the database so far, um, and they're clearly not trolls. They're um, yeah. something that's far away and not absurd sounding, right? Uh, where it's uh, you mm-hmm. know definitely you click on it and you hear it and you're like, oh, this person is yelling into their phone. <laughs> clearly, uh... you know, <laughs> this person is recording their okay, father Craig? in the bathroom. Woof, like... you know. <laughs> yeah. So. It's just their dad snoring. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> so no, I haven't run. I haven't run into the, that yet. But yeah, I. I mean, maybe we can pull up um, a, a recording somewhere. I just don't know about copyright. Like the first show that jumps to mind is like Finding Bigfoot, where they're yelling on the on the YouTube. I just don't know about replaying their material on a podcast. So. But the guy that jumps to mind that does the best call is like Bobo, right? Like. He's world renowned for his Bigfoot bellow. Thank you so much for listening to the Black Cat Report and our second interview with Scott Tompkins of the Bigfoot Mapping Project. We always love talking with him and getting the news on his project. Remember to like, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Also, follow us on Instagram to get the news as it comes fresh off the presses. Now let's get back to the interview. So, date and time of sighting, January 7th, 2017, at 11.40 a.m. 
My uncle was walking his dog on our hunting club land and came across these tracks in the snow. He called me and I arrived 15 minutes later. The tracks were heading south towards the Appalachian Trail, which is only a few miles away. The tracks actually stopped at one point and doubled back the way they came. The tracks disappeared up a small embankment where there was a cornfield. Our thought was that the creature saw my uncle walking his dog and decided to remain unseen and hid in the adjacent field. The tracks were around 14 inches long and I measured the stride between each print. They were around 58 inches long, which shocked me. I tried recreating them and could not without coming up short. I'm six foot and it was a struggle to get the stride. We also felt it was either female or a juvenile because the prints weren't huge compared to others I've seen. I will update any other finds. Our land seems to have a lot of activity. Wood knocks and tree structures are common around it. And then they have these crazy pictures of footprints that are just like so clear. There's like, I don't even know, let me count them. One two and they have like a tape measure out three four five pictures of like these really crazy looking Ooh, send them to me. for you out there we'll include <laughs> them in the show notes yep i'll send a link yeah. to this post um yay yeah it's i was just reading all these stories this morning and i was like oh my god and then i found one in um New Jersey that I have to send to my sister because she lives in New Jersey. It's from like 1987 or something like that, but I'm still like, ooh. It's real. Well, that's really Better close your curtains at night. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, yeah. And it, when you're looking at that, uh, that sighting you were just reading, um, there are three others that were submitted along the Appalachian Trail there. Um, kind of in sequence, right? This would be the northernmost one um neon blue it'll be a red bigfoot on the map after it, it uh the neon light goes away highlighting it and then there's three others right so like um yeah there's a sighting these don't necessarily all have wonderful reports these are historical ones right um so let's see the first mm -hmm. one just due south of it was a sighting and this is um from the bigfoot society oh their website must be down must not exist anymore some of these are urls are dead oh, no. that's what happens yeah uh, the pa bigfoot society yep can't get to them that's sad so is oh, bigfoot in mexico also or just this in the u.s and canada <laughs> that's an um, that's a great I think... question yeah <laughs> go ahead selena sorry Let's dig into those. Let's dig into those questions. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like I always. Well, I was just gonna it. say, like, I just think it's like the people that are submitting are. Oh, I thought you meant based no, on the like, map. No, like in general. I was like, I think the people that are submitting are just people that live in this area, but like. Because <laughs> I've always heard about Bigfoot. I don't think I've ever heard of Bigfoot. I've always heard of like gnomes, or like little creatures. Like I've never really heard about like, Bigfoot. Like in Mexico. Have you been survey? Yeah, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, I've never heard of sightings of Bigfoot in Mexico or anything about it. I mean, I didn't know about Bigfoot until I moved here and people were talking about it. And I've heard, like, also they've been sightings in Canada. 
but that's it. Like, I, it's like, do they just not want to cross the border to Mexico? Or is there something going on that we don't know that the, you know, like the government, I don't know. <laughs> is he not welcome in Mexico? <laughs> I do want to throw it out there. Okay, so so this, Scott, um, you've had more experience with this than we have. Yeah, this question so, was for so Scott. We're, we're... <laughs> yeah, like... Scott, we got we got some questions. Yes, yeah, Scott. For you. Okay, so for the Mexico. listeners who have made it, yeah. So for the listeners who have made it in this far, we got some questions for you, man. We're coming in hard later. Okay, Ooh. so I'm I, nervous yes. now. Are you just um, building up I, to it? I yes, yeah. No, we're coming in. Um, uh, first off, Bigfoot community, almost impossible to interview. It doesn't matter. What happens? The only thing more blurry than Bigfoot is Bigfoot investigators trying to get a hold of them to just ask them basic questions. Super hard. So throwing it out there. There's shade thrown. Anyways, um, but I do have the question. So Mount St. Helens blew up, 1990s. Pretty big deal in American history. We don't really get taught it. Surprise, surprise. Um, but <laughs> just saying, um, there, there was actually a surprising number of reports of Bigfoot migrating away from the explosion site of this massive volcano in Washington, blowing its top and ruining everything around it. There were, there were reports of black helicopters. There were reports of government coming in, special operations units, like all sorts of crazy shit going on clearing out bigfoot um what the hell's going on with that <laughs> like 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 if there is some natural eruption mm-hmm. right if there is some like thing where it's just like um let's just say like yellowstone if it blew right mm-hmm. like some major event taking place bigfoot's gonna scatter but the, the, it they're an animal um i'm not the uh, presupposing that they're any more special than anything else and they're just like we need to gtfo right Mm -hmm. like (laughs) like we need to get the f out of here and we need to figure out somewhere else to go um where's the data showing us that they're at where are they moving to how does this how, how does this happen in the in those time periods do you do you have any thoughts on that no i've never actually looked at the data in that way um around like a natural disaster um like i mean not just volcano eruptions but hurricanes um blizzards etc i mean those are all things that obviously affect wildlife and uh i think um i'd hate to make up an answer if i haven't really examined it but that is definitely something that points me towards a new a new lens or a new way to analyze the data to look at um, the reports that occur around a natural disaster, earthquake, volcano eruption, those types of things. I think that's uh, that's a really interesting thought. I mean, uh, that's a great example of how sometimes even being buried in the data, you know, you don't you don't come up to the surface to think of a different way to look at it. You kind of get in your own little echo chamber sometimes. So um yeah, I, I wish I had a, a, a wonderfully conclusive answer for you, but um, no, instead I've just been uh, 
been inspired and pointed in new directions. So don't be surprised when you see that on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that, but that's the honesty we love, and we, and and to back up Betsy Bay here, tell us about Mexican Bigfoot. What is going on in Oaxaca? Tell me. <laughs> so like, the best I what could is do, going on in Mexico? The best I could do is um, I could find uh, land use and land type, forest type parallels, right? By using the extensive data set we've got in the, the, uh, the U.S., uh, I could find like an analog in Mexico where the environmental parameters match the highest rate of sightings and things like that. That's what I would do is I'd build a model to predict where the uh, parts of Mexico that would be most likely to be Bigfoot habitat. I, I On a whole, I, I couldn't tell you very much because I don't have a lot of data, but that's what you do when you do have data in other places and particularly in like exploration or, or you have some uh, base information that you can at least line up. And in this case, it would be uh, land type, land use, forest type, those those geological and uh, environmental data sets so that I could pull what I do know from uh, the U.S. and Canada and, and other reports. There's European reports and Australian reports, uh, Alaskan reports, and uh, kind of apply that as best I could and predict. But um, that's that's as, probably as good as I could, could do. So... Um, I mean, if you notice, the closest we get to Mexico with some reports is in, uh, there's one on the border in Arizona. Um, there's some near Juarez in um, West Texas. There are a few, and uh, there's one outside of Piedras Negras, um, just north. And that's about it on the border in South Texas and West Texas. Um, so, uh, not in New Mexico on the border, but New Mexico is not very populated. Um, so you need people to have a sighting, but, um, yeah, Arizona. And then in California as well, there's one on two on the border. There's a, a footprint found, uh, just east of Tecate and north of the fun town of Tijuana. So. Yay. Yeah. My grandparents have a house there. Really? <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, so, yeah. So this to me screams um, the fact that every populated place on the planet has a story, has a legend, has tales, have has regular reports of of Bigfoot, of Sasquatch, of Yeti, of Yarn, of you know, like go down the line, like find a name, it's there. Um, every place on the planet has this. Um, the fact that the Bigfoot Mapping Project has a limited reach currently, that speaks to me more about the reach of the English language and exposure That's a good point. than it does reports. Right? So if we want to get into the Ari if we want to get into the Yeti, if we want to get into, like, you know, like, go across the planet, find a place, you will find a Bigfoot, right? You will find some version of the Bigfoot. Even down to Antarctica, you will find a version of the Bigfoot there, that exists there. 
Yes. And it's like, this is a reach of the project. This is not a reach of the reports. This is not a reach of the experiences. This is just who knows about the Bigfoot mapping project, who has submitted to it. True. And that's, I mean, that's a symptom of, you know, just getting started. And like you said, the language barrier and perhaps, I mean, even in China, there's some internet barriers, um, things like that. So, um, you know, the geopolitics and internet policy and all those types of things affect what, uh, what people see. So, uh, it's interesting to, to think about it that way, because you assume once you put something up like that, it's out there that everybody's just going to be a magnet and find it. And it's uh, not the case. I mean, um, you've really got to be patient. And my, my philosophy is I don't, if you notice, I don't do a lot of promotion per se. I'd rather word of mouth um, because the nature of this project, I don't want to uh, promote false information or people to get on and, you know, I don't want the the frenzy to to mess mess up the curve and the data and, and mess up the the uh, the information that's getting submitted. So I'm very careful with where and how um, I put this out there. And I am eager. I'm dying to get some South American, like Brazilian reports. There's a whole Amazon rainforest there that I know. I know there's un- there's uncontacted <laughs> tribes, right? So th- I know there's stuff in the Amazon. There's, I mean, everyone knows, right? But just to get some information there is da- probably damn near impossible, right? We we it would be hard because um, how many people really get that deep into the Amazon rainforest that aren't guides, researchers, or that don't live there, aren't doing um, some type of forestry or study or on the river or anything like that or nature photography or environmentalists you just don't get people there so if there's one place on the earth that i would think would be one of the most remote and most likely to harbor something uh akin to a bigfoot i don't even know what you would call it in brazil uh, or in the rainforest there um what the name for it would be um in, in the local terms so um yeah, but that's a great thing to touch on. We we've most of the podcasts I've been on, which so many, so many. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> just, God, you, you made us wait years. Yeah, I know. You guys had to call my people. Oh, what a process. People, and then they had to call your people, and then the people, and the people, and the people. Sheesh, it's, you know. God damn. But <laughs> but it's uh it's something that uh, we actually you're the first person to bring up is where we don't have sightings, right? Um, yeah. the sightings reports. And Canada is sparse, and I might have mentioned it last time. I'm still going back and forth with um, Carrie um, Kilmurray, who is from uh, Canada, and she has a, a huge database that she manages, and we're going back and forth. So we may figure out a way to integrate that, that database into the Bigfoot Mapping Project, assuming yes. we can... Uh, she has some sightings that the uh, witnesses don't want them to be reported. So, of course, we respect that and uh, we'll yeah. remove them from the data set. But that is a big thing to look forward to, hopefully very soon. Um, yes. And then I saw Betsabe, um, kind of I saw your eyebrows <laughs> raised when I said there's uh, European reports, believe it or not. So we started with one in the UK, the vocalization 
Um, but there are some in, of all places, there's a Belgian Bigfoot. <laughs> um, there's uh, one. I bet in he's a, got nice yeah. hair. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> what? <laughs> Just like nice chestnut brown curls. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> There's one in the Netherlands. There's uh, the one we listened to was in Lekrid, which is just outside of kind of um, west of Wales. Um, then we've got the Isle. Of, there's one on the Isle of Man. Um, what? Yeah, it's on an island in the UK. It's like six people. <laughs> yeah, there's um, six people there. Which that that How one happened is very interesting. Literally the Isle of Man. <laughs> yes, literally. Yeah, it, that's it why they named it. There's one only person. one guy. Li- yeah, there's yeah. one guy living there when they found it. <laughs> Um, Damn! I wouldn't be surprised actually if that was the case. Uh, I'd be so pissed if I was that guy, and all of a sudden all these people started moving yeah. in. He's, I'd he's be so like, pissed you mean... if I was that woman, like, dude, the fuck, <laughs> like just like sitting over here in the background, like, what the fuck? I'm like... It's you mean there others? Yeah, right. <laughs> what about Italy? There's one. Is there an Italian Bigfoot? Yeah. There's one in Norway. Let me look at Italy. I don't think so. Hmm. Although one of my friends oh, is shit. from Italy, and he could be mistaken for a Bigfoot there. <laughs> uh, hopefully he listens. <laughs> you just, hold on. We need this on record. Scott Tompkins, did you just say that one of your friends could be mistaken for Bigfoot? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is nothing well, I would say directly the line, to them. So. FYI. <laughs> This is where we degrade in the episode. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, we made it pretty far, uh, honestly. This is—I think we made it further than last time before we got into uh, yes. any. So there's also very interestingly, um, some reports off the coast of Africa. Um, in what country are we in? Cape Horn. Uh, kind West of Africa, Gabon. Uh, these these islands are. Madagascar. Uh, off of Morocco, and they're, um, I don't know how okay. to say this, okay. I, forgive me. The name of the city on one island is Pahara, uh, and uh, Antigua. Sounds right. So, Antigua, um, yeah. There's two sightings on the end of the island so there. This is like northwest Africa. Yes. And okay. it's the um, Canary Islands are where the sightings are. Okay. Uh, and okay. then we've got another one. On uh, San Bartolome, so okay, very interesting. So, so I, so so I want to step back a, just a tiny bit from this, and and this is important too because like I feel like everybody just followed us down a rabbit hole of thought of looking into the reports of 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 uh, of seeing the recorded experiences. This is a lot. Why isn't there a body? Mm. that's interesting there's theories that uh honest honestly that's that's my question and this is from somebody who believes in bigfoot no i think that's a very this is everywhere yeah i i think um particularly i'll start where the one of the densest populations of bigfoot would be pacific northwest pacific northwest and i think you probably know where i'm going with this on body wise obviously where all freaks exist Yeah. yeah (laughs) <laughs> but uh say that with love portland decay um, in that particular part of the world right so naturally if you're asking you where you want to find a body of a bigfoot or you go to where the most of them would theor- theoretically be right because that's where you're going to likely yeah. find the most remains 
And when you go there, I mean, when you're walking in those forests and, and you see how dense it is, um, yes. it, it's going to be hard to find a body unless there's been some scavengers, birds, uh, mountain lions, etc. Uh, mountain lions also, if they do eat the, if they do eat the remains, they also hide their, their, they cache their, yeah. their prey, but like behind a log mm-hmm. and they bury, they cover it up. Mm-hmm. So things like that could happen. Or, um, there's also theories and I don't really, um, this is where the map kind of falls off on, into the behavior side, but talking with a lot of researchers, um, there are theories that, uh, the Bigfoot bury their deceased. Um, so yes. if they're buried, I mean, you're likely not going to find it. And if you, if, if it's there long enough, this, the acidity, the acidity in the soil hastens, um, the decay. So I don't think it's there very long. Right. So buried plus decaying very quickly, uh, pair that up with being deep in the dense forest where it's hard to get to, uh, on a steep incline in some cases, very steep in, in the mountains there. It's, it's just, you know, a perfect storm of people go there. I mean, I think there's, um, how many hikers get lost and they never find their bodies out in the, and they know (laughs) what trail they were on. They know where to look. I mean, it's, so, I mean, just to, just to point that out along with those other points, which I'm not saying, I think, I don't think it's very reasonable that we haven't found a body. Maybe somebody has and they, um, they didn't know what it was, you know, if it's in a certain state of decay, uh, there's a point where you wouldn't really know what you're looking at and you might think it's a bear or a moose or an elk or, um, so there's a lot of factors that could explain at least logically why, why we haven't found a body body. We, we very well could have, and just, uh, just filed it away as, oh, it's a dead, dead elk. I'm not going over there. If there's flies buzzing around, I'm not going to go check that out. You know, a lot of people <laughs> would think like, oh, something dead. I'm not going to go look. Um, but big, Bigfoot researchers may, I mean, they're a special breed. So <laughs> <laughs> very special. So, yeah, I mean, I that's... Wanna... go ahead, Gil. Sorry. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So what always stands out to me, uh, David Pilates. Yeah, he just uh, missing four one one. Yes, uh, UFO connection. Selena and I both watched it. Shit's good as fuck. It's really you good. Should go check it out. We are not sponsored. Um, I'm just straight up saying it's good. That's, that's all I'm saying. Um, I think Selena and I we we watched it at home and then we watched it uh, at my family's house. Watched mm-hmm. it literally at my family's. We're like, yeah, this, this is worth uh worth a rewatch here. It's dang fucking good i enjoyed um, it i just watched it uh last last week it's really good it's good dude <laughs> it's fucking good um uh spoilers if you watch that episode there will be future episodes of the show based on that but in all fairness we had it planned um anyways uh, <laughs> so uh how do i frame this um all right, so so here's my biggest question as somebody who's who believes in Bigfoot. All right, I'm I'm just coming out with my bias. I believe in Bigfoot. I 100% believe in Bigfoot. I grew up in a family 
that very much supports uh how do I frame this uh a native view of things okay strong on my bias okay I'm gonna say that um where is another animal that is needed this much defending in terms of it existing so uh perfect example the pandas 1970s up until the 1970s pandas weren't believed to have existed right like the general belief around pandas into the 1970s by the way if anybody else is really into old anime they were a hallmark of old anime before they were exist before they existed in general science in general um God, this is fucked up. In general, European science. That's the reality of it. I'm not going to reframe it. Uh, White folks accepted they were real. They were real. That's what actually took place. I'm not going to reframe that. So in the 1970s, white folks were like, okay, I guess pandas exist. (laughs) And now they existed to the rest of the world. That's literally what happened. Go quote me on that shit. So um, (laughs) that's what took place. So what other animal in history has needed this much defense? I'm sorry. I'm really digging here to try to find oh, sure. a new Bigfoot question. That was a great but there's, like, there's one that pops that's right. That's the real truth. One that pops right yeah. to mind is the mountain gorilla. Okay. Um, instantly. Mountain gorilla. Silverback. Absolutely. Yeah, silverback mountain yes, gorillas. No? They were, they were okay. lore. Um, it's a, okay. that's, that's how they were discovered was a, a similar scenario where um, European explorers and scientists were um, in speaking with the locals and they told them about these these gorillas that lived in the forest and yeah they were what mythical. they called like the foggy mountain or the, the misty mountain or I don't know do you know what I'm talking actually, about actually I don't know um, but uh, I just bought a book on it and I need to I need to read it so I will know <laughs> I will let you know when I get through the book, but um, okay. they—that is a, an immediate example that jumps to mind—is the yes. mountain gorilla. That was a very similar case where, up until the nineteen—I want to say nineteen twenties or thirties—is when they were um, officially discovered in yeah. uh, Western science. Right? I've never heard of it. So, <laughs> yeah, mountain gorilla. Uh, I'm going to Google it. I'm sitting right in front of my yeah. computer. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me yeah. too. I've never yeah. heard. Of I'm, it. I'm pretty sure they were called. <laughs> and there's, I mean, honestly, there's always new species of animal being discovered in like different parts of the world. Like things that they're like, we think this might exist, but we've never actually seen one. And then it's like, mm-hmm. we finally got one after thinking Giant it squid. existed for about like. Giant squid. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Another one. Thank you. I'm pretty sure I'm also that was like the 1990s, like early 2000s giant species squid of was frog like, or like. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the mountain gorilla was 1902. I was, oh, I was that's, being dyslexic okay. with the numbers. That's but the Tarzan one, <laughs> the one from the movie Tarzan. That's the mountain gorilla. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why the movie King they, Kong was so popular and all of that. Yeah. Yep. Um, huge. Yeah. And I, and I bring these things out not necessarily to. Um, to counter Scott or to counter folks that believe in Bigfoot. And I'm not lumping Scott into <laughs> that, but I am saying he runs a website I, dedicated to Bigfoot. I believe in Bigfoot. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we heard it here. That's Thanks our soundbite, Joey. All right, let's go. 
Um, but, <laughs> That's all we need for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um, but I am saying like, like these are legitimate uh, attacks, uh, you know, like poised against the argument of Bigfoot, against the argument of Sasquatch is like, what the fuck other animal has to deal with this? Straight up, like, what what yeah. other animal has to da 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 and this and that and the other? And for so many years, it's just footprints and it's just you know ass prints in snow and it's just you know casts that are being made and it's just blurry. No, 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 ass prints in snow. Selena's making a face. Ass prints in snow, literally a thing in the Bigfoot community. So I've seen that <laughs> I'm video. Go ahead and say that I've listened to enough old Art Bell tapes. I know this was a thing for a while in the nineties. Piece of advice: um, Don't try to recreate that. Bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> so you will get ten thousand Instagram followers. So um, so, that's um, the year I lost my ass. <laughs> six people got that joke. Um, but um. <laughs> But but I'm just saying, like, there's recreations, and there's this, and there's that, and there's the other. And it's like, what other animal, dude? Like, what other thing? What are the, da, 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 da. Like, the arguments keep going on. But the fact is, and I'm sorry to cut you off, Scott, no, but, no. like, this is a normal thing in discovering animals. This is an especially normal thing in discovering large mammals. This has been so fucking common in the history of basically after like the 1700s, every time we discovered a large mammal, it was a huge fucking debate for about 60, 70, 150 years. Like every goddamn time it was like, oh, no, they don't exist. The silverback gorilla. Oh, shit. There's one right there. Like every goddamn time this has happened. And I I really do feel like we're on the precipice of one. I hope we are. That's my I hope we are. Uh, I mean, uh, just to just to bring some other examples, like there's a fairly recent one uh, in New York where they uh, shot what they thought was a coyote and they did the DNA testing on it. It was 99% wolf. Um, So people for, again, hundreds, probably hundreds of years. I don't know how long the wolf has been extinct in New York. Or at least not recognized as a, a, a living Long species in the time. state, right? No. So, um, you know, that's one that we know wolves exist. We know that they used to live there, and now people deny, deny. They nope, we don't have wolves in New York. They don't live here until now. Somebody shot one, and they uh, they have uh, the DNA, and they did the testing, and it is verifiably ninety nine percent wolf, right? And another uh, animal that is. Um, very prevalent in most of the United States is the mountain lion, right? And that, and a lot of people deny that that the mountain lions exist in the Northeast, right? That's another one. Nope. Mountain lions being from New York, this is something we always talk about, right? Like people, uh, there's rumors growing up that Fawnstock state parks full of mountain lions, right? 200 pound cats. Yep. My grandfather's seen them. We've seen them, but the DEC, you know, doesn't says it doesn't exist. So, it goes to another point. It's like, okay, who do you believe? People who are just at not out there every day, like the DEC, for example. Wonderful agency. Very knowledgeable people. Uh, DEC stands for? Department of Environmental Conservation. Um, okay, sorry. So in New York, that's the New York State DEC, 
is what it is. And sorry, mm-hmm. I should have explained that. And um, you good, you good. So these are scientists. These are people that work. Uh, they're environmentally educated. They're aware. They're knowledgeable. But they will put their foot down and just say, nope, mountain lions don't exist. But there's people seeing them, right? It's the same <laughs> thing with Bigfoot, right? Like, yes. like, oh, no, I got him on my trail cam. That's a bobcat. No, that's a house cat. You know, it's the same kind of thing. Oh, no, that's a bear. No, but that's, look at it. It's Bigfoot. No, that's a bear. It's a bear. You know, those types of things. <laughs> it's it's literally opening the car. It just <laughs> applied for a loan on a Kia. Yeah. Like, it's, no, it's, no, 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 it's a bear. It's a bear. Well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, that's a bear with mange. Or, no, that's that couldn't be a yeah. wolf. They don't live here. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting what the conclusions that will be dictated, right? And they'll just shut down that because it's just not a valid answer. But that's how you make discoveries is being allowed to explore and being given the leeway and the room to to uh, to go look and learn. And fine, uh, if, if you're wrong, you're wrong, right? But at least then they get to say, told you so. But it's these people that are just, that, that just kind of shut you down. And of course, this is something probably every Bigfoot researcher will agree with. When you say, yeah, Bigfoot's out there, immediately the room is like, oh, this guy is a weirdo. <laughs> you know, I mean, I get that all the time, right? <laughs> like, people are like, you do what for uh, your hobby? I'm like, yeah, yeah, here's the website. And then they go. And I, I think um, this website, or being able to see things in a map view, has turned even people that I know that work for these agencies, uh, as a matter of fact, um, I won't say who or what agency but i got a bunch of texts of a, a bigfoot article that was just in the uh lad bible <laughs> the bigfoot site oh, it looks wow. like a gorilla right and it's a video and he's in a swamp peeling a tree <laughs> apart and uh, then he stands up and three separate uh rangers if you will sent me this this article like hey you need to see this so like i know it's this 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 effort is penetrating those institutions, right? And slowly, I think, by looking at the evidence and starting to relate, you know, their knowledge of other species to what they can see in the map and understand behavior and territory. I think these these professionals, right, and and professors and and people that work in the institution that safeguard our and make our environmental policy are going to start to perhaps integrate this this possibility into uh their policy and their their uh their daily work right so i know it's getting there i know it's getting there it's really interesting Um, that's awesome that's got that's got to be the catchphrase for the for the episode is like how do i frame (laughs) yeah A bear on a whirly gig. How do I frame this? It, it finally fucking dawned on me. And Selena can back me up. Baby girl, how many times do I listen to Bigfoot stuff while I'm falling asleep at Ow. night? Literally. A lot. When have cryptozoologists who have been pushing for years about the existence of a creature, right? Or an entity or a being or what have you when have they been proven wrong i feel like this is the 
biggest question that's not being approached? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the when, answer either. When, when the fuck... And I'm, I'm throwing in the fuck. Like, when... Some folks spent years, a number of folks, a number of institutions, right? A number of studies, a number of organizations been like, hey, we think this is a thing. We're collecting data on it. We're da 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 on down the line. When in history have they been proven wrong? Hit me up. Hit us up. Black cat report on any fucking social media you're on. When has that been a thing? Oh. I can't <laughs> think of a single time. And I look at the archives. I look at the old shit. We ain't got a goddamn thing. They are never wrong. They just revise. Fair. But I just want to say, like, show me an example. Like, I'm, I'm, like, I don't think this is shocking to anybody cryptids you were into in the 90s cryptids you were into in the early 2000s um and uh one that came up to me today was like rods do you remember when like rods and videos was like a thing and it was like maybe it's a form of insect maybe it's this i listen to a lot of uh old art bell even with that i'm looking at the case with bigfoot and i'm like this doesn't apply this literally doesn't apply. It's not an aperture. It's not a frame rate. It's not a time of day. It's not a this. It's not a that. All this the other platypus. Bullshit. Yeah. Like, the platypus a great is example. one that actually is real. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> what the fuck? And people Bigfoot? still don't know what the hell like is up with a platypus. Like It's a mammal that lays eggs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Poisonous, with poisonous yeah. barbs yeah. on or, its little back. Mm-hmm. Technically, Mine, venomous, right? If it if it bites you, mm-hmm. it's venomous. Yeah. So if you bite it, it's yeah. poisonous. Um, my question is, why are people so, in a way, of- offended by Bigfoot? Like, just because everyone, you know, how people believe in certain things, like mermaids and stuff. Um, just why are people so offended by it? Like, okay, if it's not real, fine. Like, if it's real. I'll- how does it affect you? Why Why is this such a thing for people to be offended by? I think there's a few. I mean, it depends on the person. But in general, I think that the possibility of Bigfoot being real challenges uh, their perception and their authority of uh, over over the scientific body of like their research and their understanding and their explanation of what's going on in the environment. And um, I don't want to speak for a lot of scientists, but a lot of them nowadays uh, feel that they've really built at least about wildlife have built up their body of knowledge to a point where there's still a lot to learn, but most of the species are identified, right? So the fact that something like Bigfoot could elude them for, forever so far right um aside from the the reports and the stories of sightings and and the anecdotal evidence i think 
maybe it's not the creature itself that they get offended by, but it's the, it's it's an insecurity type of of reaction where you're you're more defensive about what you might perceive as your shortcoming in your field of study or it would challenge your explanation for something or you're a uh, i don't know a bear expert and you're like that that i i know everything there is i've seen all the bears it's just a bear you know what i mean and that's that's they're married to that and it's i think part of it is being uh, a little like i said it's an insecurity type of reaction um and that they're they're um what was I just going to say that they're they just get defensive and they they aren't open-minded about the possibility of of a creature like Bigfoot existing I mean imagine there's so many so there's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of acres in the in the United States alone North America if you if you go all of North America think of all the wilderness where people haven't even set foot and it's been thousands of years that we've been on this continent um if not more in a civil like a record keeping historical way where we would have documentation uh there's places still to this day it's 2023 where a a human being has physically never set foot it's so deep and so impossible to get to that there are places where we can't definitively say that there's not a big, but we never even we haven't even explored every square inch. Yes, we have lidar. Yes, we have satellite imagery. Yes, we have a lot of remote sensing technology. But being on the ground as a person who makes maps and handles this data, being on the ground and physically exploring and documenting and uh, investigating versus. Um, using that remote sensing and imagery or LIDAR data is still, you. it's always different. That's why they have the term ground truthing, right? That's a very, it's an industry term. You go out and you ground truth your measurements. Is this is what I, what I uh, ortho referenced on this map here? How far was I off when I drew that line on the map from my computer uh, versus the real GPS measurement, things like that. So I think a long-winded answer is that it's just it's a it's not maybe not the creature itself that people are offended by it's the idea that they don't have an authoritative grasp definitively on all of the information and it challenges their 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 world right it challenges it's just not a safe idea for them to to get to the you know bridge get to the the precipice of thinking about Bigfoot. It's just not something that they're um, willing to do, right? It's It takes a certain level of uh, open-mindedness and willingness to to entertain it. And that's that's I, that's why I'm sitting here. I mean, as a kid, I watched the, the show, Finding Bigfoot, right? And I, I was like, there are no, the, the sh- there's a pattern in that show, okay? It's like, oh, hurry up. Let's cut the commercial break at the... At the when when they're screaming about something sure but it sparked enough for me to like to file it away back here and then start to listen to what people were telling me when i was out i traveled across the country for many years um and lived in the a very like sparsely populated places made maps of those places went down dirt like explored those places both on foot in my vehicle and and with the landowners telling me a, a lot about their properties and um, 
through that experience, it kind of organically connected that childhood memory to what people were telling me and my profession. And this is the amalgamation of all of that, right? This is, this is what you're looking at. And I had, I've always been curious, right, about uh, stories and wildlife and the stuff that's on the fringe. And um, this is just, I think there's just people that aren't comfortable with the fringe. They just can't get there. They like their rules. They like their world. They like the explanation. And that's the way it is. And when you start saying that something like Bigfoot exists or anything that challenges that, they get very, they get very threatened almost. I think it's maybe not an offensive reaction, but it's a th like a, a natural reaction to your worldview being threatened. You know what I mean? Your safety, quote unquote, your intellectual safety. There you go. I will also say that Bigfoot, they're so offensive because of the smell too. Touche. People say that about me sometimes. <laughs> not going to lie. But yeah, um, I, th I think it's, uh, yeah, it, it's very interesting that, like you said, there, there are a lot of people that are w very willing to accept other cryptid-type creatures or the possibility of them, and they find it entertaining. But you're right. You've, you hit on something to answer the other part of your question or, or bring up the other part of your question. It's really weird that it's, it is specifically Bigfoot. That is, and it, perhaps it is because deep down or in the, Somewhere they see the evidence, they've seen enough, and they are like, hmm, this is, maybe they get the most offended with Bigfoot because it seems the most plausible, right? It's, we, it's, we see ourselves. We see and it might also be, ourselves. It's a hominoid. Hmm. That's a very good point. Like, we might also see it as, like, kind of like a threat to the fact that we're supposed to be the apex predator, like, predator, you know? Like, yeah, there's this huge thing that we know nothing about that like nobody can really pin down you know like nobody's you know and it's just yeah i think you touched on a great point there selena where uh we're humans and our natural instinct there's a theory right that there used to be a lot of human species that lived side by side and uh we're the ones that are still alive right so our mm -hmm. our species killed off the the other parallel species theoretically and so i mean maybe that's also our evolutionary reaction as well like you're saying where there's something else out there that could be a threat to our species and deep down in our dna somewhere that's we can be the only one you know so it is interesting that you bring that up what would your dream exposure look like not that we can directly get you there but we would like to help. If if your name, the Bigfoot Mapping Project, oh. if that was being replayed somewhere, where would it hit your heart the deepest? Um, you know, I've never really thought about that. But since you're well, tell me where it's coming from. If you are putting me on the spot, I think that I am. There's two places. Uh, there's two okay. places that I can immediately think of that I, I deeply respect. And I think there's okay. uh, one would be National Geographic. I think if there was some article okay. and information, how many people have those stacks of yellow magazines, right, from National mm. Geographic? Uh, yeah. I think yes, that yes, would yes. be my, if you were asking a dream publication, 
um, because that's just everything about the world, about culture, about wildlife, about everything is captured it, in National Geographic. Everything. Yes. 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 Um, and I, I think if that were, if there was something in print in National Ge Geographic about the Bigfoot mapping project, uh, in good light, <laughs> I think that would make yeah. my make my life right. Um, and then the second one would be on a professional level where uh, Esri has something. It's it's the Esri News. Esri, Esri, E S R I, the Environmental Science Research Institute. Those they're the company okay. that makes and owns the mapping software that I use um, to manage the, all the data online and create the app and everything. Um, it's called ArcGIS Online. They're, I mean, they are they they do everything map, everything spatial data, right? So, if if right. the Bigfoot Mapping Project made it to their uh, their convention or their Esri News, even just one monthly article, right, or quarterly, I think just they send a, them quarterly. Just a little mention. Just a little mention. Hey, look. All right. This is what Scott's doing. But that would be, you know, um, not that I'm looking for validation or anything. I I enjoy this, but it would be extremely validating. It would be, you know, my man. It helps with life. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, I, um, I think people. Yeah. What would your go ahead, Joe? What would your dream picture <laughs> on the front? You on the front of National Geographic be? Would it be you with your hair all wild in yeah. the in the brush, just like raising your head out, looking around, and being like, and the back Aww. it has your mapping project, and it says Bigfoot, real. <laughs> uh, I don't know. This is very in a very interesting conversation. I think. Um, <laughs> I've never thought about it. I'm usually the one behind the camera. Uh, when I do, when I'm not hunting for Bigfoot or hunting, I'm taking wildlife photos. You guys, uh, I'll send you all my personal uh, Instagram. Um, you better. But yeah, uh, so I've never thought about being in front of the camera. Um, I don't know if I'd want to be in front of the camera. I, I don't typically post my face or you stuff You don't have about... a choice at this point, my man. I so know. Continue uh, on with the yeah. rest of your PR strategy. <laughs> I guess I would just. He has a choice. Sorry, Selena. It's his face. <laughs> Sorry, Selena. But his project. Not more everybody wants to be in front of a point. camera. Hey, no, the, no, no, the project no, can no, speak no, for no. itself. No, 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 no. I'm in Camp Selena here. Project. The project is growing legs, regardless of where you're at, Scott. Wow. So, this is important. Continue. Uh, that's that's like a good I'm, I'm saying it. I, I think your project. <laughs> they can still walk. Important. I, I do have it. one, one. The first photo I ever did uh, is for um, Jeff Meldrum, and it's for an article, a white paper, a brief, a brief article I wrote for him about the Bigfoot mapping project. It's in his, it's in published uh, at Idaho State University on the relic hominoid inquiry, um, okay. and it's the first publication I wrote. Uh, Dr. Meldrum found the project like two weeks okay. after I started. I don't know if I told you guys the story. Two weeks after Damn, I started, no. I I got this email from. This is some bonus level shit. This for is real. some hyper nerd <laughs> level shit. Doctor Meldrum, if you don't, if that name doesn't ring a bell, just just skip the episode. Keep going, please. This, I can't believe this I didn't tell deal. you this story. So, um, I, I'm I am going to answer your question. <laughs> this is in part please. answer to your question, but it's the the build up, right? I mean. We opened with the Christmas poem. I've got to build some other stuff up too. So, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I uh, I started the project and it was quarantine and uh, I think two weeks less than around two weeks after the website Just went live, I got an email 
and it's like, hi, this is uh, Jeff. Dr. Meldrum. <laughs> he doesn't say that. He's like, this is Jeff. Uh, found your website. <laughs> I was wondering if you'd like to write an article Ooh. for the Relic Hominoid Inquiry about your project. And I was like, there's no way <laughs> that this is Dr. And you're Meldrum. like, the fuck are you? <laughs> So I, I instantly was like, this is my brother messing oh. with me because, or my family or somebody like yeah. I'm getting punked. Yeah. I'm getting punked. Right. My, my brother, this, and my, is, this is something we would do to each other. Goddamn right? deal. So yeah. there's a number at the bottom, uh, you know, in the, in like a signature of the email. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm going to call it because I, I got to know because uh, I'll happily do it. I was uh, ecstatic to get the email, but, yeah. uh, I called and um he picked up he goes this is jeff and i was like i was like doctor i stuttered right and i I, dr meldrum i was like i had a fanboy moment because i was like i i I can't believe yes yeah how do you respond oh uh, 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 is this uh, it was so elizondo what the fuck do you say in that what a nice person what a nice Oh, shit. We talked. Uh, we talked about I'm the dying. importance of capturing data in a map and um, yeah. what this could do for the field of Bigfoot study. And um, so, long story short, uh, I wrote the article, and it needed. It required a uh, photo, and I took in my living room with my Nikon camera, uh, just the headshot, and I looked at the headshot. And you ever look at a picture of yourself, and you're like. Oh, hate it. You're like, I hate it. Ooh. Yeah. So Every I did time. that and I was like, this is going to be on the internet and it's going to be in a study that yeah. Dr. Meldrum did. <laughs> and I would rather have people say that's a little airbrushed than that guy's really oh. ugly. Right. So like, <laughs> so I, I threw, I'm not, I'm not even like going to hold back here. This is the truth. So I threw it into like, um, I don't can't remember the stupid app I used, right? Something, I threw it into an app something. and I was like, all right, just like auto adjust. Poof. And it was like, yeah. woof, you've entered video game Make mode, you know? And I was like, yeah. And like oh, looking back now in that moment, I was like, that's perfect. I look no, so I cool. And like, no, it's still out there. Um, It might even still this be. This is going to be the show photo. <laughs> It's actually, mm-hmm. I don't think, no. I don't think it's terrible, it but no. it's a little, no, 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 it's a no. little. It's going to be the show photo. And I was very concerned with like, not very, I don't want to say very concerned, but I didn't want to have like, if it's going to be up on the internet in an, like a, a study, I didn't want to have some just like photo of me and like just random photo, you know, <laughs> I wanted it to look professional and mm-hmm. that was my impression of uh, professional photo. So that's probably the photo I'd use unless I mean, it looks good. Mm -hmm. It does look really good. Yeah. That's I can't, I mean, filled in the beard a little. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Who is this Jeff person? The Jeff is Dr. Meldrum. Who's that? Is he like from a TV show? He is a primatologist. Uh, He is probably the, if I had to say, he's probably the world renowned number one expert and most widely, I would say, accepted or listened to um, expert on Bigfoot. And one of the reasons that he's most, he's he's not criticized as much is because he studies, being a primatologist, he studies casts of footprints. And he's very familiar with the anatomy and the, um, what's the word for the dermal ridges on the, uh, on the casts. 
um, much like your fingerprint. Like you have, if you look at your hands, you have the dermal ridges uh, and that's what they fingerprint, right? The same thing goes for your feet. Um, and his theory or part of his theory, um, um, the biggest part of his theory, I should say, is that you cannot fake those, right? You cannot fake those dermal ridges on, on the couch. Oh, so it's he believes in fake foot and, and like... Yes. Yeah, he's he's an academic and a, a real, he's a professor at Idaho State University um, with a current prof- teaching position at, at, the, at the university that is probably the most well-known, widely published face of Bigfoot mm-hmm. research, modern Bigfoot research, I would yeah. say. So thank you all for having me <laughs> and welcoming me. Like I'm part of the family. I very much you appreciate being the here. Family, my man. And uh, it's yes. really cool to hear that our episode was number five in your old time hits. So yes. that's very cool. Yep. I hope it stays Easy. up there. And uh, a little bit about the project for the listeners. Um, some new cool Please. stuff is I just updated the website to be a bit more um, just distilled down to like when you get to the homepage, it's get to the map, submit a sighting, get to the get to the store if you're interested in buying a yes. t-shirt or anything. Yes. And that's really it. The old website layout was a bit busy, so I uh, took listened to some feedback and fixed it up. So please go check it out if you haven't. It's bigfootmap, all one word, dot com. And the Instagram where I publish, that's where I'm most active, really. I, I love the platform for maps uh, and, and yeah. some commentary on it. Um, it's Bigfoot Mapping Project, at Bigfoot Mapping Project on Instagram. There's a Facebook group, and I'm also on Facebook, but generally most of the posts are just what I post on Instagram. I just post to Facebook, yeah. too. I'm not very active on it. And also, if, um, if you want to reach out, feel free to email me uh, anytime directly, scott at bigfootmap.com, or uh, you can reach out on Instagram. But that's, uh, that's all the, the info about the project. And another thank you to everyone that submitted a sighting. There's about 300, and I want to say thank you because without the submissions, we wouldn't have anything to uh, further, further the study, further the project, and make uh, really interesting, informative maps. So thank you for that. Scott, Scott I want to ask you, what is the most significant contribution someone can make and i want you to detail it so is it sights is it sounds is it tastes is it what they hear like tell me if somebody's listening to this episode and they are just like literally holding on to the mountain with the tips of their fingernails what do they do to contribute Uh, please there's two ways to uh i would say contribute one if you haven't had a sighting or um want to support the project the best thing you could do is share just share the project share some information about it share the website put it out there um bigfoot mapping project yep bigfootmap.com and instagram and if everyone knows who has somebody who has a bigfoot story so maybe you can if they haven't found the website you can share it with them um and if you had the the first and of course the the biggest way somebody can contribute is um by submitting their sighting if they've had one or submitting their photos of footprints recordings 
um, even just uh, information about a sighting they had. If there is no photos or anything, please get it in there because tying the data to a location is still valuable when you put it into the aggregated data set. So it's both those ways are just as good as, as the other um, as far as contributing and helping the project. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, hey, thank Romano. you, guys. This has been fun. I I wish I got to talk to you guys all uh, all more often. Uh, we're we're bringing you on as a fifth as a fifth member. <laughs> of I'm in. Sold. Yeah, I I gotta say your shirts look great. By the way, I don't know where you got those, but they're really cool. They're awesome. Also, uh, throw, <laughs> throw out the name. Also, I I seriously want to throw this out there. I know I'm the only one fucking up here. My dad even pointed out. It is the most comfortable shirt he's ever worn in his life. 67 years old. Please, Scott, tell us where the fuck to get these shirts. Oh, please. sure. Uh, Bigfootmap.shop is actually the... the... Bigfootmap.shop. Yep. Go buy a goddamn shirt. Even if you don't like baseball. I <laughs> I've, I literally fucking hate baseball. My wife steals the baseball all shirt, I'd love. Thank you so much for listening to the Black Cat Report and our interview with Scott Tompkins of the Bigfoot Mapping Project. Grab your merch from the Bigfoot Mapping Project merch shop. The baseball shirts are super comfy. And please remember to like, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Stay tuned after to hear Scott's Christmas poem. And we'll see you on the other side. "'Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house. Not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The cameras were hung from the trees with care, in hopes that Bigfoot soon would be there. The squatchers were nestled all snug in their tents, while blurry visions of yetis danced in their heads. Wood knocks in the forest, and trees they do slap. In the search for answers, is it fact or cap? When out in the field there arose such a clatter, we had to report what was the matter. Away to the window I flew with a flash, tore open the shutters, and threw up the sash. The moon on the beast and the new fallen snow gave a luster of midday to the footprints below, when what to my wandering eyes should appear but a well-equipped researcher in BMP gear.